0: Hey Hawks, welcome to episode three of the forecast. Our guest today has played 69 games for Helensvale. He has scored 1,274 runs uh, and he has taken 58 catches and 15 stumpings. It's our current first grade captain, Jack Lickus. Welcome, mate. Cheers, Gilly. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for having me. All right.
1: How would you look back on uh, season 2019-20? Um, obviously, I know we we started the year quite well, and then uh, you know dropped off a little bit. Uh, finished fifth, was it or sixth? Uh, sixth, I think, in the end. Yeah. Look, mixed feelings about it. Obviously, we
2: started the year quite well. Um, we were sitting third from memory at Christmas. Um, you know, with a couple of good wins, and you know maybe one or two games that we dropped and we kind of lost in close games. Um, but then, obviously, with the rain and then some form towards the back end of the year, it was uh, a bit of a disappointing finish. Uh, we actually ended up not winning a game after Christmas. Um, so, yeah, look, obviously, um, there's a lot of positives that we can take out of the season. Um, obviously, Caleb following up his form from the year before. Um, Harry and um, Rick evolving into the, you know, the new, our new ball
1: bowlers. Yeah, because we, the the previous season, obviously, the batting came along a lot, but we struggled to take wickets. So, obviously, that was a big thing to get that ball on unit, we made a big step forward.
2: Yeah, look, I, I still still think that that was um, our biggest problem on, on a couple of occasions, was trying to take wickets. Um, yeah, it's kind of the biggest turnaround I've ever seen. But when I first started playing here, you know, we used to go out and if we made 120, we used to think, oh, we can take 10 wickets, so we just see how we go. But it's kind of turned around now. The batting unit has, you know, really gelled really, really well and, you know, performed well for two seasons in a row now. Um, but then our the bowling's kind of dropped off a little bit. So um, it's still our one of our biggest focus points um, moving forward is, you know, coming up with plans on how, how we can take um, 10 wickets because ultimately it doesn't matter how many runs you make you still got to take 10 wickets to win a game of cricket mm. um, in our comp
0: so let's uh let's go back a little bit now how how did how did cricket come about was it something you always played um yeah how did you how did you get into the game yeah
2: so um my dad played cricket obviously when he was younger um and then uh, was still playing uh, up until i was i don't know Uh, maybe four or five or something and then he stopped playing but from as long as I can remember we have been playing cricket in the backyard. Obviously got two younger brothers so a lot of uh, a lot of backyard cricket games every afternoon coming from school not want to do any homework (laughs) just go straight outside and play cricket so um, yeah it was kind of just something that was introduced to to me and to both my younger brothers at a very young age Um, and then as soon as we were old enough to play club cricket we started playing club cricket there was no Milo or junior blasters or anything back then. So it was just, you know, Sam and I, I think, were, he was seven and I was eight or something, playing in the under 10s. Um, that's where it all started for us. Um, so yeah, and it's been, yeah, I
0: couldn't live without it. Mm-hmm. I just love it. So, played obviously uh, most of your junior cricket at uh, other clubs, so Queens mainly. Um, when When did you come to the Hawks?
2: Yeah, so I um, it was actually the, the Thursday before the first round of the year. So we were, we were two days out from the opening round of the season um, when I decided to to move across to Helensville. Um, and unfortunately, that first round we played against Queens, which was not great. So all the guys that I expected to be lining up with, I had 11 blokes not all that happy with me lining up against me. Um, but it actually all came about from... The year before we played, when I was playing at Queen's, we played a one-dayer out here at Hessian, um, and I was batting, oh, seven or eight or nine or something, quite low down the order, um, just because I don't score score my runs very quickly. Um, and and as I was walking out to bat late in the innings, Bertie, uh Paul Baird, that is, got in my ear as I was walking on, going, mate, if you were playing for us, you'd be keeping and batting in the top four. So, and it was all just obviously something he said to, to get in my head or whatever. But then, you know, when it came time that I needed to, to move to clubs, um, but I did have some old friendships and cricketing um, relationships with, with a couple of the guys that were here, like Jack and Caleb, um and Clark as well, that I'd, I'd played cricket with and against for a long time. Um, so yeah, I guess I had, you know, some ties here, but otherwise it was all very new environment um, which was tough at the start obviously especially given um, my family still staying at Queens so um, like my whole family being very heavily involved um, with particularly the junior club at Queens my dad was the junior president at the time um, Sam was the captain of the third grade side um, Harry was starting to you know move his way up and had played some first grade um, 2020s at Queens so it was quite hard to leave them behind and go kind of out on my own, I guess, because cricket's been such a family-oriented thing for us for a long time. You know, Dad always coached us in juniors. I played nearly all my junior cricket with Sam. Um, you know, it's all been something that we've all done together. So to, to kind of break off, I guess, and and do it, you know, on my own was um, a different experience. An experience I probably didn't handle the best, given how it went, but... Um, Yeah,
0: certainly, certainly glad that I did it. Mm. And so how was that conversation? Do you sit down with all the family or just your your dad and and say, hey, I'm thinking about moving clubs?
2: Yeah, well, um, there's something, uh, there was a a discussion was had between me and and someone at Queen's on the Tuesday that kind of prompted the whole thing. Um, So, you know, I had a chat with uh, mum and dad, obviously, because I I think I was probably 18 Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, So I had a chat with mum and dad and, a chat with uh, Sam and Harry, obviously as well, um, and they were all all right behind me. You know, they all you know had had their full support um, for the move. And there was no, you know, there was no hard feelings that I was leaving um, my old club behind or leaving them behind. They understood what what I had to do, um, and you know, th- they were all happy that, that I did it. Um, and then obviously there was no pressure from me for them to all move as well. Um, so after, so I think it was my third season here, Sam and Harry both made the transition across when, um, you know, a few different things happened at, at, at Queens. Um, and then obviously now dad's taking a step back and it's just, no, he's not playing and not, you know, not doing uh, any work behind the scenes now. He's just been a, a, you know, a spectator, which I think he's enjoying. Um, so yeah, they, they were my biggest support crew through the whole thing.
1: And like you've mentioned, obviously, the first year didn't go great for the Hawks, but actually you did have a great year on the representative side of things. I think we were kind of like... You, you know struggling on a Saturday and then going out and blazing like a 90 on the Sunday so you were, you were obviously you know playing good cricket just wasn't coming together on the Saturday yeah and
2: a lot you know a lot of people were you know obviously you know joking about it, saying that you know I was a, a Sunday cricketer <laughs> and a specialist Sunday cricketer because I you know go out and do bugger all on, on the Saturday and then like you said I had a, um, a really successful rep year that year um, but then it actually got to a point where I played a rep game on a Saturday and I made runs then as well. So that became not a Sunday thing and it was just a rep cricket specialist. But yeah, look, I mean, I felt like I was, I was playing pretty well, obviously on the rep scene, um, but it's a, it's a much tougher game. First grade, you know, you're playing against a lot more established cricketers, um, you know, that, that just know that they know what they're doing. They know their games better. Um, and I think that's one of the things that, uh, you know, that, it comes. you've got to be patient with the younger players because they don't know their game as well as some of the guys that have been playing first grade for 5, 10, 15 plus years. So, yeah, it was one of the things where, yeah, I'd go out in a rep game and think, oh, man, this is easy compared to the, the stuff that I'm, I'm dealing with playing first grade against, you know, guys who are out to get me, basically. So, um yeah um obviously yeah couldn't two polar opposites between how the how my rep season and how how the club season went um, it's just one of those things that happens in cricket you go through seasons where you know nothing seems to go right for you um, and I guess it's it's not yeah, it's more more how you deal with that rather than what's happened and how how you learn from it because you do learn more from seasons like that than you do having a decent season you know. You score mountains of runs and you go, yeah, okay, I'm good. You score eighty runs in a season, like I did. You go, okay, I've got to make some serious changes and gonna have a hard think about what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, so you learn a whole lot, and I learned a hell of a lot from that year. Um, I think the whole the way that um, my transition from Queens to Helmsville was being so quick. Um, I don't know, I guess there was just a lot of things that I didn't think would be different that were different. Um, And probably, yeah, just didn't deal with um, the mental aspect of cricket the way that I needed to. Because I I knew in myself, obviously, that I could do it, um, that I could perform um, at that level, you know, given my success in the rec cricket. um, It just wasn't all coming together, you know, playing club cricket. And that all just came down to the the mental side of it, um, you know, just keeping everything nice and simple staying calm under pressure you know if someone says something to you you just got to block it out you just got to play your game focus on the things that you can control um, and, you know, block out the things that you can't so
1: you obviously didn't make quite an impression though because I think the next season you were appointed captain
2: um, yeah I, I, I honestly I didn't see it coming it was um, yeah it was one of those things that had kind of been mentioned to me in passing. You know, um, I think Beardy may have even mentioned it to me that he was someone that he saw as a as a leader of that side in years to come. Um, but I certainly didn't expect it to to come, you know, that early. Because um, you
1: were twenty,
0: were you nineteen? So like,
2: nineteen when I um when I captained the first the first game of that next season. Um, and I guess captaincy is something that I did a lot in um my junior cricket. Um, and I did a bit of it in, in the rep cricket as well, um, you know, in the under 19s and under 21s. But it was it was certainly a challenge um, trying to captain guys that were obviously more established than I was, a lot older than I was, um, had been at the club at the club for longer than I had. You know, a lot of people probably saw it as you know, this kid's been here for one year. You know, how are we how are we supposed to. Um, you know, playing a team led by him. You know, it was a challenge at first, and captaining men is not something that I'd done before. So there was a, you know, it was, there was a bit of an adjustment period for us that season. From memory, I don't think went too well. Definitely went better than the season before, but we may have only won, look, maybe four games for the year or something, which was better than zero from the year before. Um, but yeah, we kind of we won our two our last two games of the year. Against quite good oppositions, I think that held us um, in good stead for the season following, um, where you know, we started to play a more consistent brand of cricket um, and win a few more of the close games that we've not been been winning in the years past. Mm.
0: Just on your on your captaincy, um, how would you how would you describe your style back then? and Has it changed to how you captain now?
2: Yeah, uh, I'd say um, that uh, I was a lot more uh, not timid, but reserved as a captain. Um, you know, fairly conservative. Um, there, there was kind of a feeling out process where you know it felt like at times I didn't know what I was doing and I thought I'd lock way in way over my head. Um, but I guess uh, as Time goes on, you get more comfortable in the role, you do get more confident, um, and you do You learn that sometimes you've just got to back your decisions. You've just got to go, I've got a feeling here, you've just got to just run with it. Doesn't work, doesn't work.
1: And we actually saw on uh, Paul Baker's stats recently that uh, I think you are the second longest, like. Current captain out of any club uh, behind uh, Nick Petersons. He's been yeah. five years. You've been four yeah. years, and then no one else has been in that that level. So, like you've obviously, yeah, you've got a fair like uh, era, I guess, that you've uh, been able to build and um, you hopefully, yeah, build on for, for future seasons.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, no, <laughs> I I saw that as well actually. And, um, I was reasonably shocked actually, um, because obviously being so young and it's the time has kind of flown by in, in a way. Um, I guess the, you know, the seasons feel long when you're in them, but, you know, I, you know season goes, season goes, season goes, and, you know, it's amazing to see how everything has changed from when I first took over to, to how it is now. Um, you know, I think through, um, not only my work, but a lot of the work that, um, everyone does behind the scenes, um, you know, any, anyone who does any coaching, um, you know, have had a, a an immense effect, um on the playing group. And we were able to keep, you know, our core six or seven or eight guys together. Um, and I think that's really important, um, is consistency in the side. You know, I don't think it's all that healthy to have, ch- you know, chopping and changing everything, you know, every second week. It just, you don't, yeah, there's just no fluency in the, in, in the team. And um, no one's really confident in the roles, like in their roles in the team. Whereas you all play together for an extended period of time, you all kind of know what your role is. You know what everyone else's role is. Um, you're much more comfortable in the positions that you're put in. Um, so yeah, and I love I hope that my tenure continues. Um, it's something that I have genuinely enjoyed going out and playing games of cricket with guys that I genuinely can call. Um, my mates, that you know, we all know that we'd do anything for each other. Um, so we all just, we're all doing what we love, um, trying to win games of cricket.
0: And so, great uh, journey there, and probably highlighted with the the season that we made our first first grade grand final. Uh, what are your What are your recollections of that season? The way that um, you guys played your cricket, um, the planning that went into it.
2: Yeah, look, I'm going to have to give most of this credit to Betty, actually. He um, he was our, our coach that year, as he has been for a number of years. Um, and we all went away to um, the for a pre-season trip. And this was not long after it had been announced that it was going to be an exclusively one-day comp. Yeah, he sat everyone down, like our top 20 cricketers, that he thought, you know, were probably going to get a game at some stage. And said, look, we're going to approach this a little bit differently. Um, you know, we're going to have... You know, some big guns up the top. You know, our run rate's going to be through the roof in the power play. We might lose a couple of wickets. We can cop that. Um, But let's get off to to flying starts. Really put the teams on the back foot early. Um, And it's totally, it was totally foreign to all of us because two-day cricket, you know, you're back day one. Most of your runs come over 50 to 75 if you can get there. You know, the longer you bat in the day, the easier it gets. Whereas we've literally been told, okay, do the opposite. Score most of your runs in the first eight or ten overs. No. No. Holy crap. I have no <laughs> idea how this is going to work. So, and, um, and Ben Daly obviously was promoted from fir- fourth grade to come up and open the batting in first grade. And again, I'll be honest, I thought, holy crap, how's that going to work? Like, it was just... It was all totally foreign to everyone. Mm. And it probably did take us a couple of rounds. I think from memory, we may
1: have lost our first three or four games that it season. Didn't get a win until at least around five. And yeah. there might have been a washout or two in there as well. But. It might have been a Sunday game. From memory,
2: we played a, we played Southport out here on a Sunday after we'd been beaten by Surfers, possibly the day of four. Um, and obviously our plan was different from a bowling perspective as well because we had Danny Edwards mm. over here that year. Um, and so we went in, you know, 40 over games, we were bowling, we had three spinners, we had three spinners and two quicks, and that was it. Yeah. So we bowled a lot of spins, so we produced a low, slow turning, that gets, you know, pretty difficult to bat on to be fair. Um, but we also had three um, very good spinners who were very confident in their own ability um, and very um, knowledgeable about the conditions and how they needed to bowl. And again, you know, it was all the, the same guys that had played together for a couple of years. We were all a lot more comfortable in the role that we had to play, despite it being a different format. Um, so, and we managed to, we finally got a win out here. And then we it, we just got on a bit of a roll. Um, we started winning a few games that we probably shouldn't have won. And it was kind of just one of those things. We just started climbing the ladder. You know, we won our first game, we went to nine. And then, you know, uh, at Christmas, we were sixth or fifth or something and thought, yeah, we're half sniffy." Um And, it, yeah, we you know, beat a couple of teams that we never thought we were going to beat. Um, Queens, that was the first year that we beat Queens since I'd moved to the club.
1: And um, th- that, and that, that was, was quite early in the season, wasn't it? It was. So that, well, I think that might have been the following week after that yeah. Southport game. And that was a real... W- 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 was that a real kind of, like... Uh, Belief builder, I guess, confidence builder. Absolutely, yeah. And it was
2: kind of it was in that era where, so Queens won the flag back to back. Mm. So, and this was their, you know, going for the three-peat, mm. and and trying and to win three in a row. Um, and they're a very strong side. They're still a very strong side. But then they had both, you know, Jimmy and Mick Spargo, um, the two Wintons. Oh, I think they, Harry might have still been playing at that point. But I'm Possibly. not sure. Derbs, like they were a really, really strong side. Um, and that was a close game as well. So that was probably the first close game we won in a close one. You know, they needed seven runs off the last over.
1: Mm.
2: And they are only two or three down at that point. we thought, oh, we're shot here. They're, like, they're going to get these runs in two or three balls. It's Tyson, um, Frazier, Tyson Fraser. Tyson Fraser bowled one of the best closing overs I've ever seen. Only went for two or three runs or something in the whole over. Got a wicket as well. And it was just... yeah, one of the defining
1: moments of that season, definitely. Now, just for a quick break, we'll uh, flash back to episode two when we spoke to Brett Burke.
0: By the end of that season, when the president was kicked out um, and Cricket Gold Coast stepped in and um, put it under new management, uh, we had $200 in the bank. And I know because I became the new treasurer. And we had $300 in bills. Yep, wow. um, we had a bar fridge like we do now, and the day we got the keys, we came in and there was one can of gin left in it. All right, and now back to Jack.
1: And then, obviously, it was very exciting when we did make the top four, went out probably as an underdog against Broadbeach, and what turned out to be pretty much the perfect game we played that day. Yeah, so you know
2: we finished third, I think, and Broadbeach. had finished second, and um, we had to play them out at Broadbeach. Um, we, oh, you know, it was obviously very well known to the competition by then that we relied heavily on our spinners to take to take wickets, and, and they produced an absolute road. It was the flattest wicket I've ever seen out of Broadbeach, um, which played pretty well in our hands because I think we were probably we were none for eighty off of about eight overs. Um, ben and Young just going out and just slapping their fast bowlers everywhere. Um, and it, it, was, it was pretty good to watch, I'll be honest. Um, and then I think Beardy might have went out and got 50 after that as well. Um, and then, you know, we all kind of just chipped in, all played our role. Um, we ended up making oh, 240 or something off our 40 overs, which was always going to be a bridge too far. Uh, and I think they probably knew it as well. Um, but then we went out and bowled superbly. Ryan took early wickets. Um, Danny again. I think he Danny bowled his eight overs and went for fifteen or something. It's just ridiculous. So, and it was it was the, the perfect game of cricket. You can't you can't script a game of cricket any better than that. You Make two forty and then I think we bowled them out for I think it was under hundred,
0: like eighty. Bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
2: um, yeah, and that was. And I remember we walked off the field and then Queens finished first. And Burley finished fourth. So we assumed coming off the field, because we finished quite early, mm. uh, we're trying to follow the scores online. Assuming that we play Queens at Queens, mm. we thought, yeah, well, that's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a really tough
1: game. Um,
2: and then news started to filter through. The Queen lost I actually to Burley.
1: can chime in here that Conrad and I um, jumped in the car and we like sped off to Queens and we got there. and Got the scoop. Queens needed something like... Ten runs of two wickets in hand, and um, I remember I think Sam Winton might have got run out, and then the, and then Burley took the last wicket. And we are on the phone to the first grade boys, being like,
0: "You beauty, we're playing Burley." Yeah, so <laughs> and that
2: and that obviously meant that we had our own
0: Yeah.
2: and we're going like, and we'd hardly lost a game out here all year. You know, we're very lock, you know, low, slow turning wickets suited us to a T. So can, you know, we, we just oh, our, our hopes rose.
0: Turned out to be a pretty tough week though. Yeah, so obviously
2: the uh, yeah the rain didn't help us. So we, um, you know, then credit to Creek Gold Coast. They gave us until the 11th hour to get the ground sorted. Um, wasn't to be. Um, so obviously, the, yeah, the game got moved to Southport, um, you know, on a, a pretty unresponsive wicket. You know, didn't do a whole lot. Um, and Burley played really well. Burley, they batted really well. Um, Reese McCarthy came out and slapped 60-odd against this. I still don't know how he didn't get down. That day, we did not look like getting out. He we was thumping us everywhere, um, and then yeah, they made two hundred or two twenty or something. And again, scoreboard scoreboard pressure. Reverse the, the reverse week. of the yeah. week before, <laughs> so and, you know, we still had hope that we could chase that down. But you know, the sheer amount of runs on the board, the pressure of the grand final. Um, I'm sure the boys are all the same, but I've never played in front of that many people. Mm. You know, was people packed around everywhere, um, and yeah, so it was a pretty disappointing day. Um, Yeah, and like it's done a lot, Um, given how much work we put into the year and how confident we were in our our game plan that it was going to work. We got so close after finishing last and then second last to then, you know, being within one game of winning the comp um, was an unbelievable effort. Looking back, obviously, we look at that and go, yeah, what a year that was. You know, it's a real achievement. Um, for us as a, a bunch of pretty young cricketers um, but yeah bitterly disappointing obviously on the day um, to have let ourselves down I guess we certainly didn't play as well as we know we can um, so but I think it's you know you've got, to, you've got to lose one to win one you know you've got to, you've got to have that experience and learn from it so the, the 11 guys we've probably still got 7 or 8 of them in our top side um, the, you know we will have learned from that we have learned from that um, and we'll be better for it for, for our next guy
1: around. Mm. Great. We'll, we'll talk, uh, move on to your individual game, I guess, for a bit. Uh, you've obviously, the last few years, um, you know, the runs have started to flow, uh, and including a 99 this uh, this season, which I, I guess probably hurts in a, in a respect, but also I'm sure it would have been nice to make that big score, and I can't remember if we won or lost that game. But, I mean, um,
2: I, I had a, a reasonably lean season up until that last game against um, against Alveston. you know it scored a 60 odd against Mudgee um, but that was in a game we were always going to lose you know, right up against it um, and we played out here on a you know the wicket wasn't the easiest to bat on good bowling conditions you know it was overcast pretty cool ball was swinging um, and we were uh, 1 for 40 I think but then 4 for 50 um, so right up against it and you know I guess it was just one of those things I knew I had to dig in and uh, you know, uh, we didn't, we had enough batting to come, you know, I've got faith in our, in our lower order. that can score some handy runs but, you know, you're not going to win games of cricket on Hesh and make 160 so I knew that someone was going to have to have to stand up and make a big score um, but I guess at the same time I thought, well, we're 4 for 50 so, you know, it's only going to go one or two lays you know, and I, I know that I can make a difference here. So there was a little bit of um, you know, it looked from the outside looking in, it looked like a pressure situation you know, and I felt the opposite. It's kind of like a, the pressure was lifted off me nearly. Mm. And I thought, well, you know, I can just play how I want to play when, by this point, we knew we were going to make the finals. So we thought, well, we'll see how we go. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was just nearly a perfect day. Um, you know, I put on, I had a pretty good partnership with, with Harry which was good fun because he obviously had a few struggles throughout the year. And it was good to see him kind of back to his free flowing, you know, best, you know, it, it genuinely looked like he was enjoying himself playing cricket again. Um, and then I put on, um, 50 odd with Cody Reynolds as well, which was really satisfying. Um, cause I could see his dad walking around the field, clapping everything. And so that was fun as well. And it kind of just took my mind off how many runs were on. Mm. Um, and it got to a point that, you know, after Cody got out, you know, we had a couple of wickets fall pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, I kind of looked up at the scoreboard and I thought, oh, Harry got about 40. This person got about this many. I don't know what I want. I must be on 60. And Rick walked out and goes, do you want to know what you on And I've been out in the 60s like four times without getting past it. So I thought, oh yeah, all right, mate. what am I on? He goes, oh, 82. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the nerves started setting in. And then like it all dawned on me that like I was getting close and you know, If I'd got out then, I'd have been really annoyed because I was like, oh, man, I'm so close. Um, So, you know, we just kept going, still trying to do the team thing because obviously there was only eight overs or something by that point i batted most of the day. Um, And, yeah, it was just – it all went pretty quickly. You know, I hit a a six. I don't know what I was doing. And as soon as I hit it, I hit it straight up in the air and I thought, oh, my God, that's going to get caught. There's a bloke out there. and I looked out and there was no one out. I was like, oh man, that's the luckiest thing I've ever seen. Um, and then I got down, there was only three or four overs to go. Um, second last ball of the over, got a, I was back with Berkey at that time. And the uh, ball, should have just flipped it off, uh, hit my pad, went down to fine leg. Berkey ran three quarters of the way down and said, no, nah, mate, I'm taking this last one. <laughs> and at that point, I thought I was on 94. So I uh, thought I was on 94. I'm like, okay. We'll see how we go here. So I've wasted this square drive for four. So I thought it was like 98. We've got three overs to go. I'm going, okay, I'm getting pretty close here. Like, I'm within touch, touching distance. back button 10, mind you, so we're eight down. I go up to Brett, you know, mate, I just need you to get me on strike. Just get me on strike. Yeah, first ball, big windy whoosh. Ball, I don't know how he hit the stumps. And I'm just up the other end, young Brett. What are you doing? Do you know what I'm on? What are you doing? So, anyway, I get down there on strike. And obviously, they they knew what I was actually on. Like. Mm-hmm. So, they brought the whole field in. And there's, yeah, everyone, just about everyone was in the ring. So, I kind of identified the gaps where I could get, try and hit a two. I was going to try and hit a two or a four something, get it all done with in one go. And a young leggy who, you know, kind of started bowling not not real well towards the end of the day, bowls me this rank half-tracker outside off stump, and my eyes are just lit up. I've gone, they don't have any bikes on the fence on the offside. All I've got to do is hit this half well, and I'm getting two. Uh, yeah, I didn't hit it real well. Uh, <laughs> Straightened the keeper and fumbled it, and it kind of just ballooned up in the air and he caught it it. Yeah, kind of like knew straight away what was happening. I was like, oh my God, I've just blown that. So anyway, uh, obviously disappointed at the time. Like I was devastated when I got out. But by the time I walked off, I kind of had enough time to realise that what I'd done, is, like it was pretty cool, you know, to be able to dig us out of that hole. We ended up making 240. It's pretty satisfying. Um, by then, quite a few of the other grades were back as well. So I got you know, pretty good round of applause coming off. And I was like, yeah you know, I'd have taken that. Someone offered me that at the start of the day, making 98, I'd have taken it. Mm-hmm. So I got up in the change room, started taking all my gear off. Harry comes in, he goes, 99, mate. I was like, you're kidding <laughs> You're kidding <clears throat> I'd have just knocked it at my feet and run. <laughs> anyway, you're living your alone. But yeah, it was a pretty, um, a very memorable day. It was mm-hmm. kind of the day that I proved to myself
0: and everyone that I can make those match winning scores. Great story, man. You know, hopefully we've got some junior Hawks listening to this. What advice would you give to a, a young batsman that's uh, maybe going through a little bit of a lean patch or just looking to score some runs?
2: Yeah, I guess, um, you know, uh, cricket's a funny game. And, you know, you're going to have a lot more bad days than you have good days. Believe me. And like, ask anyone. Professional cricketers will tell you. You're going to have more bad days than good days. So, you know, just stick to what you're doing. Um, that, the biggest thing for me, obviously I touched on it earlier, is just, you know, have a really clear mind, have your processes in your head about, you know, how you're going to approach, you know, each delivery. And, you know, and it was the kind of thing where, you know, if you don't, you don't learn and you don't know these things until you go through it yourself. Um, But, and then you'll find what works for you. So, and it's different for everyone, but I guess, um, you know, it is tough transitioning from juniors to seniors no matter how good you are in juniors so you've just got to have a bit of patience Um, and i think that's one of the things that our club is really good at is supporting their juniors um, and putting them in situations where they are able to succeed you know going through a land patch just don't get down on yourself keep working hard working hard at training is really important Um, making sure you're working on the little things um, the you know the little the little one percenters you know there, there's a few simple things that you can really easily control that will have a positive influence on your game um, and that doesn't take any talent working hard turning up on time those kind of things and they just a couple of a list of basic things that require no talent but ultimately will help at the end of the day.
1: Mm-hmm. Great advice, man. You and your brothers are very close, and to be able to play. Alongside them, and um, you know, obviously, you you've said it. Obviously, there has been some challenges, but but also, I'm sure there's uh, it's a lot of uh, uh, pride and uh, enjoyment in playing with uh, Harry and Sam. It is. It's um. It's something that I guess when you play
2: juniors together, you take for granted. It's just one of those things that you like. You just grow up playing with your brothers. It's just something happens. But to be able to lead both of them, and go and play with both of them um, every weekend. Um, you know, is incredibly satisfying for me. It uh, makes me, you know, quite proud as an older brother to see um, how they've both developed and, you know, honed their skills to be able to make contributions in our side. see, Harry's probably the most talented cricketer that we've got at this club. Um, and, you know, it, it has been challenging because they're they're both incredibly stubborn, um, incredibly difficult to manage. Um, and, you know, try, when I'm out on the field trying to keep, my older brother thoughts aside, you know, just having a captain hat on, you know, it, it, it is difficult, but it's it's so rewarding at the same time. Um, I, mean, I know my parents feel the same way. Parents are, you know, over the moon that we're all playing cricket together again. Because um, obviously, there's a like a five year age difference between Harry and I, so we didn't play a lot of cricket together. Um, it really was not until last season that we started playing a decent chunk of cricket together. Um, and yeah, mum and dad are enjoying dad just sits there and watches us all play. He doesn't have to cart us around or get us up at seven thirty for juniors anymore. He can just relax and you know, watch his three young fellas run out and um, yeah, play the game that they all, all love. So no, it's pretty cool. Very special, man.
0: All right, let's uh, let's get into our throwdown. So we've got five quick questions for you. Let's do it. Who is the best player you've played with at the Hawks? Uh, Danny Edwards. Yeah, he was just phenomenal.
2: And I I mean, I'd heard so much about how good he was. uh, And then the first game he came out and played and he was rubbish. And I just thought, oh my God, like they've just been talking him up. Maybe he's only going to be good in second grade. Um, And then he just did not disappoint from that day. It was unbelievable. And I I was still keeping at that point and it was just phenomenal. Like you're in awe of how good he is. He's just got the ball on the string just works everyone out
1: the uh, best player you've played against?
2: Uh, that's tough, but I would probably say uh, Nick Peterson um, from Southport. You know, elegant left-handers. They always look better. So, but, yeah, he's just, you know, a, you know, a class player. And he's a, he's a class above a lot of the other guys that play in this college. Yeah. What about your funniest memory of your time here at the Hawks? Um, I can't exactly remember when it was, but I reckon it was probably two seasons ago. Um, you know, it was getting quite late uh, in the evening on a Saturday night. Um, and, yeah, a few of the boys headed by uh, Dylan and, and my, youngest, my younger brother, Sam, um, got the, uh, the old pitch covers and set up a slippery slide uh, on the hill at the front here. Um, and they, yeah... Uh, filled up an inflatable pool that they found from somewhere. We may have had a Hawaiian night that Mm. night. And the the detergent was going on the Yeah, and there was detergent going all over (laughs) the slip and slides and the boys were soaking themselves up. It was just not a good look. If any of you guys know what Sam and Dylan look like, like it's not pretty, (laughs) let alone when they're soaked up and not wearing any clothes. So, yeah, getting a lot of And there was about 10 of the blokes sitting in this inflatable pool would probably comfortably fit maybe three small children, <laughs> all sitting in there. It was full of water, and trying to push themselves down their slip and slide. It was just hilarious. We all all just in stitches. So, best or most memorable win? Um, I'd probably say that that win against Queens that we touched on. Um, yeah, it was just a you know, and that was um, the first year that Sam and Harry came across the club. Now Harry, Spring that year playing second grade, but Sam was batting three for us in first grade. And it was his second game. Um, and as a lot of you know, again, Sam, he doesn't have a filter. He'll say whatever he thinks and he doesn't really care about any of the consequences, which didn't go down well with a lot of the Queen's boys that he played with and butted heads with a lot. So he, you know, he played Queen's out here uh, and he just smacked them everywhere. Just, And this was you know, at a time when they probably had the best bowling attack in the comp and he just came out and treated them with zero respect and just started whacking them everywhere like they were park printers. Um Yeah, and then just the way the whole day unfolded, you know, from us thinking, oh, we've done really well to their batting well, we probably should lose this game. And then, you know, it was just a bit of an emotional roller coaster. Obviously, they're again also against my old club. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, to win that game, um, that was pretty special and obviously it kind of turned our season around
0: us on a, uh, a path to the uh, to the grand final. All right, All right. let's uh, let's finish up. What is uh, what's the thing that keeps you coming back to the Hawks? What do you love about the club? Uh, I, oh, there's so many things. I've talked about it for for ages. Um, look,
2: everyone here, you know, has embraced me from my first day here. Um, you know, no one knew me, no one knew I was, but they embraced me as one of their own. Um, and the faith that the club put in me, um, I'll never forget that. Um, You know, I've I've made a lot of, you know, lifelong friends here. Um, Obviously, I now, you know, my my family is now involved in the club. Um, So it's, it's you know, it's a lot more, I guess when I first started, you know, the performance of the club was kind of just, you know, something else for me. But now seeing how much the club has grown, the junior club, you know, and the senior club as well, but how we've progressed in the last five years, it, it becomes more and more satisfying the more involved you are. I'm really looking forward to coaching on the junior teams next year. Um, so yeah, but it's the, it's the people in the club that keep me coming back. That's
0: great. Thanks so much, Jack. Thanks for your time. All good, Jack. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Next time on the Hawkcast, uh, we hear from not one, not two, but three Hawk members, the Jorgos. We all have a moments, obviously, ups and downs,
1: but mm, we're definitely. definitely known for that as Jordanson's yeah. consistency. But it's good to, to finally have a year where we go home and we've all seemed to come out as winners in, in yeah. one way or another with a trophy or just an acknowledgement of what we've
0: had as a season. Well, I think it's one that we're going to remember for a long time the fact that all three of us have had that unique season. It's, it's been yeah. really good. Make sure you join us next time. Uh, If you guys have any feedback or uh, suggestions for future guests, make sure you get into contact. Thanks for listening.